is she? Shana, the Jungle Queen. Hello, I'm Mark Sweeney, and this is I'm the Guns Shanna Showcase number eight. Shanna Showcase is a series of recordings where I've been looking at appearances of Marvel Comics' Shanna the She-Devil. Love this character ever since laying eyes on her in an episode of Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends when I was a wee lad back in the early 80s. Wasn't until much, much later that I discovered what a cool comics character she was, turning up first in her, in her own short-lived series in the early 70s and in different titles throughout the years. At her best, Shanna is an intense, capable heroine, able to take down poachers and supervillains with equal ease. She's written, again, when at her best, as a confident woman with a sarcastic, sometimes dark sense of humor and with a savage wild streak that she exerts considerable effort at times to rein in. This podcast will, for the most part, be looking at Comics that feature either Shanna as a solo star or Shanna in a significant guest starring role in someone else's title. Now, for much of her existence, Shanna has been featured in a sidekick type role to her eventual husband, Kazar, Lord of the Savage Land, and with a few exceptions, I'll be staying away from these stories as they're just not as interesting to me. Shanna's character typically isn't allowed to shine when backing up Kazar, and her best qualities seem to be dampened, and for those who have listened to previous episodes of this podcast, Kazar ain't one of my favorite characters. I find him vulgar and boring, and the fact that his very presence sublimates one of my favorite characters, it, it doesn't help his case with me. Anyway, I am excited to be talking about this episode's featured issues, which are Daredevil number 117 and Spidey Super Stories number 14. I'm rocking a new mic, so we'll see how this goes. A few months after finishing off the attempt by criminal organization Black Spectre to overthrow the U.S. government, and alongside the man without fear, Daredevil, Shanna turns up again in Dee Dee's title, I guess. At this point, she just didn't have anything better to do. Point of her appearances in the previous run of Daredevil was to bring to justice Black Spectre and its leader, the ape-faced Mandrill, who was responsible for the death of Shanna's estranged and wealthy father, and indirectly for the death of one of Shanna's few friends, African game warden Patrick McShane. So Daredevil number 117 from January 1975 contains a story called Mind Tap. And it's by the writing team of Steve Gerber and Chris Claremont. Gerber, of course, has been writing the bulk of stories featuring Shanna since her very first appearance. Issue is penciled by Bob Brown, inked by Vince Coletta, lettered by Dave Hunt, colored by Petra Goldberg, and edited by Roy Thomas. Covers credits, as listed on Comic Book DB, are Gil Kane, John Romita, and Tony Mortellaro. Now, I cannot tell by looking the exact division of labor on the cover. The figure of Daredevil vaulting over a couple of goons toward the baddie of the issue, the Owl, looks like straight-up Romita. But the gun-wielding Owl, I'd swear, is by Kane. Interesting. The issue opens in the middle of a story. We've got Daredevil and sometime partner the Black Widow strapped to a couple of lab tables. Just as longtime foe the Owl straps some 
wired brain scanner-like thing to Daredevil's head. Point of this whole operation is to suck every piece of information from his brain, obviously to be put to some nefarious use by the owl. Black Widow, through sheer force of will, breaks her bonds and uses her Widow's Bite bracelets to destroy the Owl's computer equipment. She takes on, or takes out, a number of Owl goons and some more expensive-looking equipment before an enraged Owl threatens to blow the still-unconscious Daredevil's brains out. That is, unless the Widow runs a little errand for the Owl. This errand involves the Widow, who obviously agreed only to save Daredevil's life, but immediately begins thinking of a way to back out. Anyway, the Widow is tasked with the capture of the resident of some San Francisco penthouse. The Owl gave her only the address. The Widow sneaks into the resident's bedroom and leaps upon the potential victim, a woman, thinking a quick nerve pinch would make the lady more agreeable to kidnapping. Turns out the lady puts up a heck of a fight, as depicted by Brown and Coletta in stark, sexy silhouette. The victim actually gets the better of Black Widow, who's surprised to see she's been tasked with capturing none other than Shanna the She-Devil. Natasha assumes the owl wants Shanna for, some, for her expert knowledge of animals, but I'm not so sure of that. Also not sure what Shanna's doing in San Francisco, or led to believe this is a residence of hers, though we know she's got a place in Africa. In previous issues of Daredevil, she had a place in New York. Guess we'll have to assume that Shanna's rightful inheritance, her father's diamond fortune, has been returned to her. Pay for all this. Anyway, Ms. O'Hara is none too pleased with the intrusion, but the widow seems to have an idea how to get them out of this jam. Just as we cut away to some Foggy and Candace Nelson stuff back in New York, which I'm going to skip. The Widow and Shanna are next witness swinging through the city on the same line, very awkwardly, and it's kind of funny to see. I, I can imagine how someone like Spider-Man does it, you know, swimming, swinging from rooftop to rooftop, but even laid out right before me here, I can barely wrap my head around how the, these two ladies are actually accomplishing this two of them on one line. The two turn up at Owl headquarters, Shanna obviously play-acting the unconscious victim. The Owl, apparently unaware of Dr. O'Hara's she-devil persona, is surprised by the leopard-skin two-piece she's sporting, though he does comment on its attractiveness. One of his goons accepts Shanna's body as the Owl reneges on the deal, dropping a net right on the Black Widow. Shanna leaps into action, surprising her captor, and moves to free the just-coming-around Daredevil. The three heroes make quick work of the remaining owl goons just before the big boss presses a button which releases some sort of blinding gas. This incapacitates the ladies, but of course it doesn't bother Daredevil at all. He brawls with the owl over the next couple of pages, eventually getting the upper hand and taking the owl out. Dee Dee returns to Owl HQ to see Black Widow and Shanna rubbing gas from their eyes. And the two lovers, the two ex-lovers, I should say, Black Widow and Daredevil, at the end of the issue, decide to part ways. And Shanna is left wondering when her next appearance will be.
this was an okay issue, sporting a some decent but unremarkable Bob Brown and Vince Coletta art. Wouldn't say this is a great Shanna outing, though she does see a little bit of action. It's never explained exactly why the owl, who doesn't excite me much as a villain, required Shanna's presence. Seems like this role could have been filled by any number of characters. You know, granted, I don't own the previous couple of Daredevil issues, so I don't know if I'm missing something contextually. Um, I really just think that plotter Steve Gerber had a hard time letting Shanna go. He seemed to have a lot more to say about the character, and he wanted to write a few more Shanna stories. This particular issue seemed more about getting her face in a book on the stands. A kind of place saver of sorts. Now, the only place you'll find this issue as yet is Essential Daredevil number five from the Essential series of black and white reprints. I got my single issue here on the cheap because it was missing its Marvel value stamp. Between this issue of Daredevil and the issue I'll be talking about next, Shanna appeared in three successive issues of the Marvel black and white magazine Savage Tales, both guest starring in the Kazar feature and getting a couple of solo stories on her own. And I'd like to devote a whole episode to these, so I'm gonna take a look at them on the next Shanna Showcase. It was about a year after Daredevil number 117 when Shanna appeared in Spidey Super Stories number 14. But I'm not risking any spoilers or any continuity issues by skipping Savage Tales due to the, the nature of Spidey Super Stories. SSS, as maybe I'll call it for the rest of this episode, was published by Marvel as a companion to the PBS television show The Electric Company, which featured, among other things, skits starring Spider-Man. Now, I don't have a lot to say about The Electric Company, as it was a show a bit before my time. In fact, according to Wikipedia, the last show of the original run aired exactly one week before I was born. I was definitely aware of its existence uh, through reruns, I guess, but I was raised more on Sesame Street and maybe to a lesser degree Pinwheel and You Can't Do That on Television and some of those other early Nickelodeon shows. So Spidey Super Stories was aimed at a younger audience and usually had a couple of stories per issue, some of them outright adaptations of Electric Company skits. It seems like one story per issue diverted from the script and attempted to introduce elements of the greater Marvel Universe to the kiddies. Still, one issue of this I'd like to track down that has Spidey teaming up with another favorite of mine, Captain Britain. But uh, number 14 guest stars Shanna in the third of three stories that issue. This comic has a great cover by John Romita, who was no stranger to Shanna. He'd done some covers for her solo series. And here, Shanna, on this cover, she's the dominant figure in the composition, swinging in to meet Spidey as her vine snaps. Now, Spidey, I'd, I'd swear his pose here, I've, I've seen before either, I don't know if it was a Fig Newton ad or peanut butter or something. I'll be putting this cover up on the blog, I'm the gun.blogspot.com, as well as probably Tumblr and Twitter, so if anyone sees it, can, can someone help me out? Was this exact Spider-Man drawing used anywhere else? Shanna looks great. Her hair is a super long, giving her a wild yet glamorous appearance in that respect, though her outfit is 
toned down a bit rather than a skimpy leopard bikini, she's got on a nice, smart, and sensible one-piece. Her outfit isn't the only thing that's been toned down for younger readers, though. On the inside front cover, there's a one-page black-and-white Shanna origin, she's called the Jungle Queen, not the She-Devil, which is significant. And this origin mentions that she's been a veterinarian who's learned to walk and talk with animals in their own land, the jungle. There's absolutely no mention of a father who accidentally shot and killed her mother, or the slaughter of zoo animals that drove Shanna to the jungle with perhaps some serious psychological issues. Uh, yeah, none of that. So flipping to the back of the book, the third story, which the whole issue is incidentally by writer Gene Thomas, penciled by Wynne Mortimer, inked by Mike Esposito and Tony Mortellaro, edited by A.J. Hayes, and John Romita is listed as the art director. So yes, at the back of this book we get the absolutely insane Shanna Spidey story called The Trapper begins with Peter Parker winning a science fair, the prize being a trip to Africa, of course, to listen to animal expert Dr. Shan O'Hara talk about saving animal life. So Petey flies to Africa and is in the audience for Dr. O'Hara's talk. Now continuity, of course, is right out the window here as Shanna, in a lab coat, talks about her animal hospital and the care given to animals endangered by hunters. There's a little chimp in a sling behind her, which is kind of an amusing sight. Sad, but amusing. She pulls the curtain on her one-of-a-kind problem patient, a white elephant, only to discover that the elephant has been stolen. No longer the work of Dr. O'Hara, Shanna opens her lab coat to reveal the leopard one-piece of Shanna, Queen of the Jungle. Without a further word to the audience, she leaps like right over their heads and out the door. Peter Parker in the audience steps out, seemingly right into the middle of the jungle, and does his own quick change, claiming the theft is also a job for Spider-Man. We cut to Shanna making her way through the jungle. She stops suddenly, sensing that she's being followed. And in the panels, there's sound effects. Smash, crash, bash... Shanna hides behind a couple of big leaves waiting for her stalker, but Spider-Man, naturally, who, as he swings by, is taken around the waist by Shanna and brought to the ground. Shanna asks what Spidey's doing here. Spidey says he wants to help, and Shanna basically laughs in his face. You help me in the jungle? That's very funny, she says, a little bit of the old Shanna sarcasm. This characterization is, at least this part of it, is pretty much in line with some of her earliest appearances. Shanna says that the trapper, who she rightly assumes is the one behind the elephant heist, is no joke, and he's the most evil hunter of all. She fears for Spider-Man's safety and orders him to go back. To prove his jungle medal, Spidey points out an obvious covered pit booby trap set up by the trapper. He throws a stone into the middle of the grass-covered pit, exposing the giant hole. He leaps around it, but then is Im immediately steps into a lasso, which yanks him up into a tree. How, 
How embarrassing. Of course, the trapper is just on the other side of the pit doing his nasty business along with some cronies, forcing the white elephant into a huge cage. Dangling by his ankle on a tree, Spidey shoots a web towards Shanna on the other side of the pit, which she uses to swing across, kicking the trapper right into the pit. A couple of cronies attempt to capture Spider-Man, but Shanna swings by in a vine and kicks them into a cage. She's just in a swinging and kicking kind of mood. Spidey rounds up the rest of the lackeys, and Shanna carries a chained and hogtied trapper right over her shoulder towards the cage and throws him in. Spidey and Shanna hop up on the elephant, and Shanna claims now that the game warden can take over. And he's standing right there, arms on his hips. The warden is a blonde white man, so I'm wondering if this is meant to be Patrick McShane from Shanna's old series. The fact that he did nothing despite being right there on the scene leads me to think it, it, it may actually be McShane. His doing nothing was kind of his M.O. Spidey leaps off the elephant and darts into the jungle as, as maybe McShane asks, Who was that masked man? Back to the animal talk, I guess we're to believe that the audience has just waited there this whole time. Well, Shanna, back in her lab coat, catches Peter Parker snoozing right in, right in the front row, so she gets the elephant to wake him up with a trunk full of water. Squirt. And she says with a smile, Her friend Spider-Man would tell you, never let your guard down, as Petey gives us a knowing wink. Cute story. Obviously not to be taken too seriously, Shanna's written well in a sort of collage of her all of her story elements. She was a vet. She does have a dark, sometimes even mean sense of humor. She does kick ass. So hopefully this was a good introduction to her character for, for younger readers. The uh, Wynn Mortimer art was, was easy on the eyes. I, would definitely pick up some more of these issues if I saw some cheap. I still want to get that Captain Britain one, definitely. Um, got a little feedback I want to acknowledge. Uh, I'm the Gun got Twitter favorites and retweets from Randy Micah Smith and Comic Reflections. I appreciate those. And I got a comment on the blog from Gomez Q. This comment was on a previous episode where I covered the last two issues of Shanna the She-Devil, numbers four and five. Gomez was commenting on the appearance of Professor X in the last issue of Shanna. That was Shanna number five. And writes, uh, I'm hoping you still have Shanna number five knocking about somewhere because I'm super curious about those quote-unquote missing years of the X-Men and wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit more about Xavier's appearance therein. Does he mention any of the X-Men at all? Cheers. Um, yeah, that was a weird time between the cancellation of the X-Men's original series, which had ended in a bunch of reprints, and before they sort of blew up in the new X-Men era. There were a couple of writers for Marvel around that time, both named Steve. Steve's Gerber and Steve Engelhart, who kind of champion the X-Men in the early 70s where between when they were between series um, and the Steves had various characters Professor X, the X-Men pop up in various titles they wrote 
Steve Englehart was working on Captain America. We saw the X-Men in Captain America. Gerber wrote Shanna. And uh, Professor X had his little cameo in the last issue of that series. And when he did turn up, he was presented solely as an expert on mutants. There was no mention at all of his mutant abilities and, or his connection to the X-Men at all. So I think it was just a knowing... Uh, Gerber assumed that people reading that would know would know who he is. With a little wink. Now many of these X-Men tales, these tweener tales as I call them, uh, are reprinted in Marvel Masterworks X-Men volume number 8. You can check out uh, some issues of Avengers, Captain America, most of the stuff written by Steve Englehart. You can check that out in, check those stories out in that volume. Gomez Q also uh, was appreciative of my mention of old WWE wrestler, the Million Dollar Man. Just describing Shanna, was Shanna took down one of her enemies, Necra, with a stranglehold, which I likened to the Million Dollar Dream. And just a little something else about Ted DiBiase. Uh, coming up soon, local, is the Rhode Island Comic Con, which I usually wouldn't think too much about going to, uh, just the expense and not a big crowd, not a big crowd person, but uh, a couple of guests have me rethinking the plan to not go. Scheduled to appear are Barbara Eden and the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, so I think, uh, I think that million dollar man kind of tipped the scales and I, I may end up going, so if anyone out there from the New England area, plans to be at Rhode Island Comic Con. That guy that's in the Barbara Eden and the Million Dollar Man line, that's, that'll be me. So anyway, I appreciate that feedback and welcome some more. You can leave a comment, of course, on the blog, imthegun.blogspot.com, on any of those posts. There are links on the blog to Twitter and Tumblr. You can also be emailed at imthegun. I-M-T-H-E-G-U-N at gmail.com I'm the Gun can also be found on iTunes. Just search for I'm the Gun, Shanna Showcase. Got the other thread called Reboot Review where I'm looking at the reboot Legion of Superheroes stories from the 1990s and on. So check those out. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with the Shanna Showcase looking at those issues of Savage Tales magazine. So until then... See you on the Savannah.